As a lot of you guys know, my daily driver is a 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport. It's about time I put some money into it. Can't just drive the NSX around all the time looking nice. Want to get some wheels? For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need for a custom look and added functionality. I was talking about a wheel and tire package. Head over and use a configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them at 4Wheel Online. That's 4Wheel, singular, online. to the hard parking podcast the other side of the wheel sponsored by ray honda out of scottsdale arizona there is no mad puppy eddie in studio today what i got lined up is an interview with billy johnson last time billy johnson was on the show was april of 2020 he was doing some racing for the iRacing league billy is a professional race car driver and he just announced on social media that he would be driving in the upcoming 24-hour daytona so i wanted to get him on and talk to him because that event is coming up on the 30th, 31st of January. He will definitely not be available. Or rather, probably wouldn't be available to talk to me. So pretty exciting conversation, fun conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. Before I go any further, I just wanted to give a RIP, rest in peace, to Jerry Weigert. Those of you who are really into cars might know who this guy is. Most of you have no idea. Jerry Weigert passed this last week at the age of 76. He designed the Vector, an American exotic car designed in the late 80s, came out in the very, very early 90s. It was a colossal failure. They had never made it. They didn't, I don't even know how many they produced, 20-something of the W8. It was just bad timing. They just put way too much technology in the car at the time, and it was just very expensive. We're talking a quarter of a million dollar car in 1990, 91, 92, 93. It is one of my two dream cars, the McLaren F1 being the other one. Obviously, I have an Acura NSX, which was also a dream car, but I consider the Acura an attainable everyday man's dream car. Cars like the McLaren F1 and even the Vector are what we refer to as unobtainium. All the money in the world typically can't buy you one because you can only buy what's for sale, and those type of cars rarely come for sale. Now, completely different cars. So, I can understand some people listening to this podcast and saying, did you just compare a Vector to a McLaren? I did not. But for me, as a dream car, I still see a a Vector W8 in pictures, and I still melt every time as if I was a 17-year-old, 16-year-old. Or actually, at the time, I think I was 13 when I had the, the poster on my wall. And I've talked about that before. This was a W2, which was a prototype. And I don't think they ever actually made a W2, but the W8 looked a lot like it. So rest in peace, Jerry Weigert. I still desperately want to see that car. I thought I was going to have an opportunity last year to sit in one of those, maybe even drive one, but definitely sit in one. I've never seen one in person. But 2020 killed a lot of events for people, no matter what you're into. And that opportunity was definitely one of them. Coming up, Billy Johnson. This section is sponsored by Kuya Automotive, currently specializing in new and used NSX parts. NSX owners, hurry up and head over to Kuya Auto. One word and inquire about group by special pricing or on Instagram at Kuya underscore automotive. That's Kuya Automotive, where Big Brother's looking out for you. Billy Johnson, welcome back to the show, man. 
It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. So it's been since last April that we talked. April of 2020, a lot has changed. So what I wanted to do first is ask you, because back then we were talking about iRacing and you you did that for a while. I don't even know if you're still doing that in the Roush League. So no more bugging, you know, borrowing random people's home racing rig. Are you still even getting any seat time in that? Because now you're back in a real seat. Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, haven't done too much more with that. Uh, my simulator is still across the country. So, yeah, still pretty much bumming off other people's simulators. So that hasn't changed. <laughs> it's good practice, though, right? Repetition and stuff like that. Definitely. But uh, it's hard to be consistent when you're always in a completely new steering wheel and, and pedal setup. And uh, that stuff matters a lot more on uh, on simulators than it does in real life. Which is kind of funny. Big announcement from you, though, regarding Allegra Motorsports. So is that coming up in a few weeks? I tried to, to scurry for that online. I'm like, that looks like it's coming up in a few weeks, the the 24-hour Daytona. Yeah, it's at the end of the month in like uh, two and a half weeks. The roar is in about a week and a half. So normally the roar before the 24, the official kickoff of the race season is the first weekend of January. And then the Daytona 24 is the, the last weekend of January. But this year is the first time that they made it back-to-back weekends. So we'll be all at the, the track for like two and a half weeks from uh, the practice to getting the cars ready for the, the race and then doing the 24 itself. So it's going to be uh, pretty interesting in many different aspects. So you're there then. So technically, that's going to be so maybe this weekend you're going to be gone and you're just going to be there until the, until the event is over with then. Pretty much. <laughs> Because we're recording this on the 13th, which is, I don't know, like a Wednesday or something. So the last time you did one of these, that was with Le Mans, though, right? Which is, still, it's still 24 hours, but I would imagine everything about it is different. Yeah. Um, the formats are quite a bit different in terms of leading up to the race and testing. But yeah, this is the the 24 hours of Daytona. I've done this race quite a few times over, over my career. So it's nothing new, but just the... Still the way cool. that they yeah are back to backing the test to the the race means that we're going to be hanging around Daytona Beach for a really long time. <laughs> Sucks to be you, right? <laughs> so since you've done this a few times, actually, so how do you think this is now going to be different than it was before things changed with 2020? Well, as far as in the pits and just interacting with other teams, obviously the fans is going to be a big difference. I'm not sure because news comes out every single day of updates on what's allowed and what's not allowed. Originally sure. there's going to be no fans. Then the last I heard uh, fans are allowed to be in the infield. And I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think uh, we'll know till the, the day of the race itself, whether they let people in or how many they let in, but it's definitely going to be less fans in the stands and at the, the race, which is kind of a bummer because I think all sports, uh, in today's day and age, like feeds off of the fans and relies on the fans are they're a huge part of what makes sports sports and what makes it fun as a, uh, as an athlete. And uh, when you remove that aspect of it, I don't know, just playing in front of a, an empty stadium, playing in front of uh, or racing in front of no one is, uh, I don't know, it, that will definitely make it a bit different. But as far as the, the on-track action goes, it's going to be pretty intense with really big car counts, stacked fields of really good teams and drivers. So it's going to be a good one to watch for sure. So no one's, no, you, you can't see people holding signs that say, go Billy or Billy sucks. I would imagine like it's, it's different <laughs> than 
than your typical contact sports because when you're in that car, you can't actually hear anything. I mean, is there ever because you're is there ever a time you can actually hear them, or is just seeing them and seeing the lights flash and just be like rushing, rushing, you know, going going toward the finish line or whatnot? Is that is that where the excitement comes in? Yeah, most of the time you're or you're pretty much always focused on the, the track itself. You better but be right. I think like at Sebring would probably be the twelve hours of Sebring is the best because when uh, people are cooking bonfire or making bonfires and uh, cooking barbecues. You can actually smell that in the car. Like when you're oh, going no in uh, turn seven, awesome. and coming out of that corner, like you could smell the burning wood. You can smell some uh, some ribs and hot dogs, and <laughs> it's like, man, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, because that like soaks. I mean, you those those suits, like you. I know, I know they they pump cold air into them. I would think now these days, especially in the dog days of summer, but even then, you're probably like thirsty and hungry. Yeah, uh, especially when you do a three or four hour stint, which I've done in the the 24 multiple times, three and a half to four hour stints. And you get hungry, you have to pee and uh, you try not to be a a jerk to your teammates and (laughs) not pee the seat. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, exhausting mentally and physically. You said something interesting just there. So sometimes when you have to go, you have to go. Yeah. And uh I'm not sure who it was, but in 2019, the last year that we did the 24 hours of Le Mans, one of my teammates pissed the seat. <laughs> <laughs> like I sat in a, a puddle of wetness that wasn't there before. And I just thought it was sweat, but uh, yeah, it wasn't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you got to pay it forward. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, a question for you regarding this. So, we know those of us who know you know that you have a seat time in a lot of different types of cars, and it doesn't take that that much of a Google search or to go to your fan page to see the different types of vehicles that you've driven. But one of the questions that I had coming into this is, okay, well you're you're driving this Mercedes AMG. Once you strip away all the stuff that a consumer like me would see on the inside of the car, and it's just this fancy steering wheel with 150 or so buttons, and it's just this seat in a cage. Like how different? Or the actual cars from cars to cars, like comparing that to like the Ford GT that you would typically, that we've seen you sprint around in. I mean, does it just come down to how good the motor is, the suspension? Because I would imagine everything is in spec, but maybe not as tight as like a Formula One spec. Like how different is it really going from car to car? They're quite a bit different. So the the layouts of the different cars, like in the GT3 class itself, we have the the front midship for front engine, technically the whole engine's behind the front wheel center line. So it's like a front mid engine. Uh, but you have the Mercedes that's like that. I don't know if the BMW M6 or the, the new M4, if their whole engine's behind the front wheel center line, but that's also a front engine car. So you, have, you have a long swooping hood. Exactly. And then you have rear engine Porsches, you have mid engine Ferraris and, and Audi R8s and Lamborghinis. So the just the engine placement and the the layout are drastically different the way the cars make speed some of them uh have a little bit more power but are more draggy so they can get off the corner Mm. well but don't have as much of a a top speed and other cars are heavier so they're harder on brakes and tires uh it's there's a lot of differences but at the end of the day the uh the series has a uh, balance of performance, which is their metric to try to make the cars as even as possible. And uh, sometimes it could be a death sentence in terms of a car's performance, and sometimes it could be an uh, inherent advantage. But that's just part of uh, racing in today's day and age. But uh, despite 
that balance of performance. Each car has uh, different strengths and weaknesses. They drive differently. They handle differently. And uh, as a dr- as a racer, you have to learn what strengths and weaknesses your car have has and try to uh, maximize that to your advantage when uh, when racing cars to capitalize off their weaknesses to make passes and to drive the car fast and win races. In an endurance race, how does it come down to where you just get selected to become part of one of these teams? I mean, do they reach out to your agent? Do they reach out to who do you directly? Like, How does that happen to get selected on, on one of these endurance teams? It can vary, but it pretty much always comes down to relationship building and networking. So there's some drivers who have managers who do the networking on their behalf, or uh, they have parents in the, the industry who do the networking, or like myself, they do the, the work themselves. So I've gone out, talked to as many teams as I can, build those relationships, and uh, you never know when the, the right timing happens of uh, a team is looking for a driver and then uh, yeah, you're on their short list and then you could be on like a bunch of people's short lists and then still not have a job and be sitting on right. the couch watching the race or uh, <laughs> <laughs> where did I go wrong? <laughs> very uh, rarely do you have uh, multiple opportunities where you get to pick and choose what you need to do or what where to drive. But uh, it's it's like anything. It's all uh, just networking, relationship building, and being at the right place at the right time. And uh, fortunately, Allegra was looking for a, a gold driver, and I've done some races for them in the past. I was supposed to do the 12 hours of Sebring with them right before I got the Ford GT Le Mans ride, which prevented me from driving anything other than Ford. So right. I couldn't drive their prototype in the, the 12 hours of Sebring. But I drove their uh, Porsche GT3R in a uh, World Challenge uh, GT America race, which was awesome. It was great to finally work with them. And then now we're doing the, the 24 together. So it's really uh, going to be awesome. They're an awesome team, great bunch of guys who've won that race multiple times and uh, know what it takes to to win. So hopefully we uh, have all the right pieces of the puzzle. I think we do from the car, the team, the drivers uh, to get it done. But it's a stacked field and it's definitely going to be a tough one. But that's what makes racing a lot of fun that's pretty sweet man one thing you've said and a lot of people have said this and it's important for people listening to, and it doesn't matter what you do relationship building and networking is the key organically you can't Absolutely. be fake about it but it is the key to anything and everything so i'm glad i'm glad you said that i'm forgetting the the quote but it's something on the, the lines of like you make your own luck by by doing that, by going out there and putting yourself in the the position, luck just doesn't happen magically. Right. You have to put in a lot of work to get that good luck uh, or that lucky break. I'm going to take that exact phrase you just said, stumbling through it and turn it into a T-shirt. <laughs> well, I'll have to find it because it's a <laughs> much more eloquent and uh, <laughs> and condensed than than that. Well, let me let me know if you find it, and I'll uh, I'll add it after the fact. Um, All righty. So tell us about One Lamp Billy. Yeah, so I just uh, announced that I'm starting a YouTube channel. Basically, I have a bunch of in-car videos of me driving a bunch of cool cars. And usually I'm coaching people or someone's like, hey, I want to see how fast my car can go. Or, hey, could you take me out for uh, a couple laps? 
And uh, in those situations, I only do like one or two laps in, in the guy's car. If, if I'm coaching somebody and set a benchmark lap time that I use to uh, compare my data with their data, which is part of uh, what I do as when I coach people, I'll throw a video camera in there and record my one or two laps. And uh, same thing when giving hot laps in a, a bunch of random cars. So I have just a collection of a bunch of videos of me only doing one or two laps for the first time ever in a bunch of really cool cars. And I was thinking, how am I going to just post the, the videos? And I posted in-car videos, even fast laps before, but it's a very targeted audience who wants to see like a full fast lap in a car. It really is, yeah. And uh, most people want to learn about the car or hear your opinion, but then there's a bunch of people, uh, you, you know, the, the quote about everybody has an opinion. I won't right. say this now, yeah. but, uh, you could though. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I didn't want to do that either. So kind of putting everything together, it's like, you know what? Nobody has ever done a video or a video series of one lap that they've ever done in a car. And that's something that I've really good at and and one of my strengths given my background doing time attack racing and and uh setting all the records in the fxmd nsx was like just having one lap to get it done and and throwing it down so i'm starting this uh, youtube channel where i show the first lap i ever do in a given car and uh usually they're pretty fast hopefully it's entertaining to to see what i'm able to do because if I were to start a channel that shows the fastest lap possible of uh, of a given car. I'd need to have brand new tires. I'd need to have the the car properly aligned and and have the track fully clear with no traffic and and uh, all that's just time and money to get a proper lap. So instead, I have these videos of uh, my first lap in a car and uh, yeah, should be entertaining, should be fun, and hopefully uh, the audience likes what uh what comes of it that's one lap billy for everybody so if you go and it doesn't have a lot of subscribers yet it's literally because he just started so go ahead and subscribe hit the little bell so you don't miss in any of the new videos <laughs> want to do some q a real quick sure let's do it all right so this is from some of the guys on the facebook page so john chu you know john chu yes this is kind of a funny one too so i, I figured i'd throw it in here when are you going to autograph my stimpo bar apparently he has your original bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be more than happy to. So uh, definitely we'll have to meet up and uh, I'll sign that. There you go, John. So if you're in Chicago, it's a lot easier to meet up with Billy here in the States. And if you're still somewhere up there in Canada, you're yeah, good luck with that, with the, <laughs> with the border issue. Farisad asks, what are three qualities every racing driver must have aside from just being able to race and win? Hmm, That's a good one. I'd say determination you're going to get a million no's for like 10 maybes. And out of those 10 maybes, you're, you're lucky to get like one yes. So like door to door sales, it sounds like. Exactly. Like you have to just get used to uh, being rejected over and over again and, and not let that get you down. And that's kind of my advice when people ask me like, Hey, how do you start uh, in racing? And, and the advice I got is probably the, the best advice that I continue to give. It's like, don't like, it's too hard. There's more, <laughs> professional football players and basketball players and there are professional race car drivers uh who make livings off of it so uh don't do it go do something else and I'll show you it, exactly because if you back down from me giving you that advice then you'll probably back down at some other point as well so mm. if you 
don't take my advice. You're not going to get discouraged by me saying don't do it, which means, which is the springboard of what you're going to have to do and all the future rejections you're going to get. So determination is huge. Um, Again, relationship building, networking, as Mm -hmm. as we just talked about, is is huge. And uh, yeah, those are probably the two most important things. And uh, just staying focused and uh, putting in the work because uh, nothing's going to be given to you. You have to to go out there and and do it, make it happen, put those connections together, and uh, and get it done. Do the reps. I like that. And Alan Zaychek asked, what is your daily driver and why did you choose it? And I almost thought that we talked about this before, but we didn't. So what is your daily, what is your go-to daily driver? Driving for Ford as a factory driver, I had Mustang company cars uh, for four years. So I was spoiled with a a 2016 Mustang GT, which I loved and uh, did some articles and exhaust and intake manifold tests on Moto IQ. Then that was traded out for a 2018 uh, Gen 3 Mustang or Gen 3 Coyote powered Mustang, which has 460 horsepower, big leap in performance. And that was a blast. I love that thing. And then uh, when I had to give the cars back, I picked up a 2014 Mustang GT, the last of the solid axles, but still has the, the awesome Coyote motor, even though it's a Gen 1. Uh, but we think we picked up about 40 horsepower with uh, some modifications. Again, on it's all on Moto IQ, documenting all the the parts that I've tested, and uh, that's just fun. That motor is awesome. I really like that Coyote V8, and uh, yeah, the solid axle S197 Mustang. I won a bunch of races in those when I back when I was driving for Roush. So that nice. chassis has always been a, a bit special to me, and and that car is actually. Project budget 400 wheel horsepower track car. Uh, wow. So if you go on Moto IQ, it's it that whole project's revolved around explaining how hey this solid axle Mustang is actually a really good, inexpensive and great handling track car uh, that doesn't take a whole lot to make it a great car on track. So definitely check that out. But that's my daily driver in Florida. And then when I'm in California, uh, I have my NSX that I'm been working on, which is also a project car on Moto IQ. And uh, I'm currently getting the the dry sump oil system that that I've developed uh, in the car and then uh, building the turbo motor. And yeah, I can't wait to get that car finished. So I'm hearing people need to check you out on Moto IQ. Well, it's uh, <laughs> what I do a lot of uh, those projects and, and stuff on is, is hosted on Moto IQ. And uh, there's some definitely good tests and proper back-to-back testing procedures and uh yeah check that stuff out if if you're interested yeah we'll link it in the description and i I may actually have it from from the last one too so that's super cool and then adam asked what is your go-to comfort food so we'll get you out here on this easy one hmm really bad junk food (laughs) like i love french fries and ice cream so i that does not coincide with being athletic and having to be in good shape and having good endurance for, for racing. But, uh, that's what comfort food is. <laughs> uh, so Billy Johnson's driving across the United States, which I don't know, you probably fly everywhere, but Billy Johnson's flying across the United States, starving, hungry. Where are you pulling over? Assuming everything is available to you. Where are you pulling over and what are you getting? I like in and out. So unfortunately, well, it's slowly moving out uh out east like i think they're in uh, arizona texas now so yeah i think going in and out nice cross country uh i'll be happy for half the <laughs> half the country 
That's awesome. So three weeks coming up, you're doing your, your Daytona 24. Do you know which leg you're running? No. So that's also uh, a very fluid thing. So depending on what the plan is for qualifying, how fast everybody's going and uh, what the strategy is that can change uh, at any moment. So normally you have a plan where, okay, this guy starts and then uh, you have an order of one, two, three, four, and and you start kind of uh, trying to keep that pattern, but then a driver might uh, double, triple or quadruple stint. And then, there might be an issue with uh, with one guy or another guy might get sick, which does happen. They get sick or an issue where they can't hop in the car immediately. So another guy will jump in and it, it kind of uh, affects the whole rhythm of, of things. But that's part of the, the nature of the race. It's an endurance race and uh, having the flexibility from a team standpoint to make changes or repair the car or a driver's to uh, uh, adapt to what needs to be done on track or what our driving order is, is part of part of the game. It's, it's not like, Oh yeah, I will definitely be in the car from eight to 10 and then from uh, three to seven. Like it, Got it. Yeah. it's a little bit difficult to I'll take uh, my break between this time. So if you want to meet up for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's never like that. And you always have to be ready to, to hop in the car at, at any time. All right. Well, we'll be keeping tabs of that. So that's Billy Johnson racing for Allegra Motorsports coming up in a few weeks. And that is the Mercedes AMG GT3 car. Check him out. One Lap Billy on YouTube. Give him a follow. Tell him that uh, you came from the Hard Parking Podcast. I can't give you any guarantees on that, Billy. <laughs> no and worries. And uh, follow him on Moto IQ, Billy. Thanks for joining the show in a pinch, man. I appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was great to be back. Again, we want to thank Billy Johnson for joining the show. That's the Rolex 24 at Daytona, January 30th through the 31st. Get an opportunity, go to the Hard Parking Podcast Facebook group. It's called Hard Parking Violations. On that page, I'm listing all sorts of things for upcoming shows. I'm asking you guys your opinions on things. And I actually want to hear what your opinion is on the very polarizing topic of student loan forgiveness. So if you respond to that post, weigh in on that post at some point before I record my next show. So this week is the week of the 25th. Maybe we can get something going by the 28th. So head over there. Again, that's a Facebook group. It is called Hard Parking Violations. Join my group. Also, Patreon people, I told you I would take care of you. Something is coming. It's really cool. Cost me a lot of money. Thank you for your support. If you believe in me, I believe in you. Working on the Hard Parking Podcast website, finally. I've had this fight going on with GoDaddy. They're doing their job, sort of. Like they're, it's, it's just really hard to get access to your own account if anything gets screwed up. So I appreciate their 12 layers of security. But the issue I was having, they could have resolved a long time ago if someone just did some more due diligence and used some common sense. But I appreciate their security efforts. So now, once I get my account back, well, it's still my account. Once I get access to my account, we can build out the website and if you notice, I haven't been selling t-shirts, I haven't been selling stickers, I haven't been selling trinkets, none of that stuff. I just have it sitting in my closet waiting for the website. None of you want to buy it anyway. If you have any questions through the show, hardparkerpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at na2nsx or jtravels, that's j-h-a-e underscore travels. You know where to find me on Facebook. I just told you Hard Parking Podcast has a page. Hard Parking Violations is the group. Find it, join it. I can't grow unless you tell the world how good this is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. 
now it's stripping time. Are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at tongue treats. TongueTreats.com. High anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain. Doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue Treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy. Tongue Treats. Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to BoosterBath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water-controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first-time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. BoosterBath.com Shut up!